To, <laughs> to see today's video, go to mtforchrist.org or follow me on Facebook or Twitter. It's going to be okay. Uh, good morning. Today's video of snow flurries falling at night into the light of headlights as Tasha Layton's song, Into the Sea, encourages us that it's going to be okay, comes to us from yours truly as I captured this video on the evening of May 8th, 2020, as I stopped to capture the unseasonable phenomenon of snow in May and the peace of the moment as I returned to the house that would no longer be mine in just over a month's time. Well, it's Monday, and I am back at it in terms of my normal routine of exercise and my spiritual practices of gratitude, prayer, study, and blogging, and I feel like a million bucks. Vacations are nice, but if we aren't careful, they tend to corrupt our discipline and cause us to indulge the flesh when rest turns into the rust of lethargy and treats turn into treason as we betray ourselves as we deviate away from what is best for what feels good. Um, I was at a loss um, at, at, at a loss for what photo I should share for today and so I dialed back the clock to 2020 in my photo archive, expecting to find some long-lost, unused scene from my comings and goings, or a, or a friend's borrowed sharings on social media, uh, uh, only to discover uh, I must have cleaned out 2020's closet in that regard, but I did discover a whole bunch of inspirational Christian and non-Christian memes, I mean a lot, and they were good, and it caused me to rediscover this video uh, I am sharing today and, and to remember exactly why I might have needed a bunch of positive messages. And before you can say 20, uh, you know, before you can say COVID-19, let me stop you. Uh, the pandemic was only a vague setting in the backdrop of my journey in 2020 as I was working 16-hour days and petitioning the Lord in prayer for my deliverance to a new home for my children and I and was pushing a whole new uh, pushing for a whole new life of freedom that would be defined by my faith. And on that evening in May of 2020, I took Tasha Layton's song and the strange piece of snowfall in May as a message from the Lord that it was indeed going to be okay, as after almost two years of dealing with the pains of a delayed divorce, I was on the cusp of my exodus. I was almost there, and I had to just keep walking and talking with God until I could realize it, and it did come. And it was glorious. And my life in Christ continues to be glorious because despite trials, slip-ups, and problems, I continue to follow the Lord and to stay in his presence. And even though this latest dalliance with the world while on vacation at Disney World was limited, it feels wonderful to be back to the disciplines of faith in their entirety that minister to my mind, body, soul, and spirit. I know it's going to be okay is a phrase we comfort ourselves and others with quite often. But let me assure you, when you repent, when you turn to the Lord's ways and seek to live in his presence, it really is going to be okay. Because no matter what you face, when you walk with God, you are blessed, you are safe, 
and you are meeting your purpose for living, to be with the one who made you, to do what he created you to do, and to be the person he created you to be. So on this 11th day of Lent, let me encourage you to repent and to discover how it really is going to be okay. Speaking of Lent, it's the 11th day of Lent, and so we continue my personal walkthrough of Gracia Grindal's 40-day journey with Martin Luther to observe and celebrate the Lenten season. And this walkthrough of Grindel's devotional is our hope that we will get to know Martin Luther a little better uh, as we seek to draw closer to the Lord on our journey to Resurrection Sunday, or Easter. And so we continue, and today is Journey Day 11, and Martin Luther writes, you are not to commit adultery. What is this? Answer. We are to fear and love God so that we lead pure and decent lives in word and deed, and each of us loves and honors his or her spouse. Inasmuch as there is such a shameless mess and cesspool of all sorts of immorality and indecency among us, this commandment is also directed against every form of unchastity, no matter what it is called. Not only is the outward act forbidden, but also every kind of cause, provocation, and means, so that your heart, your lips, and your entire body may be chaste, and afford no occasion, aid, or encouragement to unchastity. Not only that, but you are to defend, protect, and rescue your neighbors whenever they are in danger or need, and moreover, even aid and assist them so that they may retain their honor. In short, all are required both to live chastely themselves and also to help their neighbors to do the same. That was the passage by Martin Luther. And today's biblical wisdom that goes with that passage is from Matthew 5, 27-28, which are the words of Jesus. And he said, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And at this point, our devotional directs us for silence for meditation. So we recommend that you pause the podcast or stop reading and sit quietly for 60 seconds or a minute, 5, 10, 15 minutes, or however long you feel comfortable with and have time for. Uh, focus on your breath and the calm stillness in the present moment that is available always to us in God's creation. And meditate on Martin Luther's comments for the day and, and the content of today's biblical wisdom. After a certain amount of time for meditation on those things, um, you can you can ponder the questions that our, our study puts forth, and uh, as I will answer them, uh, the first question is: Both Jesus and Luther draw the line on unchastity much more severely than most people. What wisdom do you find in that? Question mark. Uh, the, the wisdom I find in that. And this is the wisdom of God. Jesus is God, after all, remember? And so this should impress upon us the vast importance of living a sexually pure life as a Christian. I don't call my blog series Purity for Nothing. Acts 15, among other passages of Scripture, impressed upon my heart, soul, and spirit just how important the righteous use of our bodies is. Sexual immorality and adultery are spoken against throughout Scripture. Jesus reveals that the sin goes beyond the commission of what we do with our bodies as they, that fleshly orientation should be restricted and cast out of our hearts and minds as well. 
Luther gets a sense of this and encourages us to help our neighbors to realize this and to help them live pure lives too. Um, the next question is, what are the forms of unchastity that our culture either tolerates or promotes? Our culture tolerates and promotes sexual sins of nearly every variety. While pedophilia and bestiality are still taboo, thank God, our culture has abandoned any other standards when it comes to following the Bible's standards of sexual morality, uh, what, what, which calls any act, sexual activity outside of a covenant marriage between one man and one woman as sin. Masturbation, fornication, adultery, fetishes, perversion, and homosexuality are all tolerated, if not actively promoted, in our society today. And the next question is, in our highly, if not over-sexualized culture, how can Christians help each other to keep this commandment? Christians can help one another to keep this commandment by teaching the truth of biblical sexual ethics. Um, by encouraging no sex outside of marriage, having a zero policy, a zero tolerance policy regarding masturbation, and establishing uh, establishing recovery ministries for sexual addiction, and encouraging purity in the body of Christ. Unfortunately, the corruption of our faith, the depravity of man, and the inadequacy of men to lead one another into righteousness, in my opinion, makes this all but impossible and can only be established on earth when Christ comes to rule and reign. With that said, sexual purity can come, but it comes as an act of surrender to the Lord, and must be driven by a love for him, for it to be anything other than flesh deep. And that moves us on to our psalm fragment, uh, where we uh, touch on Psalm 51, verses 1 and 2. The word of God says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my impurity, and cleanse me from my sin. And that goes along with the sexual purity, right? Um, so we move along to our journal reflections um, from our devotional, and that uh, prompts us with the, the first one. It says, write in your journal concerning your feelings about sexual attitudes and pressures of our culture. In what ways does your faith influence your perspective on sex and, and sexuality? As I have been sexually pure since 2018, no masturbation, and respect all my sexual activity to be within the bounds of my marriage since 2022, I would say that my faith influences my perspectives on sex and sexuality very much so. Uh, because my previous marriage was destroyed in part by sexual immorality, in 2018, when faced with the future of the rest of my life, the Lord put it on my heart to live the rest of my, my sexual life according to his biblical mandates. As I was on the cusp of being single again, I was tempted to consider the possibilities of a sexually liberated lifestyle as I had in my youth. But now that I was a Christian uh, and knew firsthand um, the bondage that comes from sexual immorality, I repented of my sexual sins and went into recovery for my sexual addictions, leaning completely on the Lord for sexual purity, uh, taking every sexual thought captive and the introduction of some simple, um, <laughs> from some simple conditioning practices caused me to change the way I thought 
and took away the compulsion to give into the flesh sexually. The Lord set me free. Thank you, God. Um, and then the next prompting is, uh, ask us, do you know anyone who is struggling with issues of unchastity or adultery? If so, how might you help them in their struggle? If not, can you imagine what steps you might take to help someone in such a struggle? Oof. I know of someone, a Christian, who is in daily bondage to sexual immorality, and the extent to their bondage is so severe that I question whether or not they are a Christian at all. Their compulsion and lack of ability to have even more than a few days, uh, more than a couple of days of sexual purity caused me to think they don't really know the Lord or are demonically oppressed or have mental health issues that block their ability for their conscience to be adequately impacted by their sins or blocks their ability to attach relationally to the Lord or all the above. This person's apparently hopeless struggle causes me to believe that they are a false convert someone who can verbally repeat the truths of the gospel, but has never had a heart touched by the Lord. In terms of true repentance, in Joel 2.12 uh, gives us a picture of that, uh, which says, Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. In this person's continual confession of failure, I see no weeping or mourning. There seems to be no heartfelt repentance here and without it. I believe either this person has no true relationship with the Lord, or the Holy Spirit is not granting them repentance. Our repentance is empowered by the Lord. We aren't seeking Him and surrendering to Him with heartfelt sorrow and sincerity and asking for help and support from others in the body of Christ. I believe that you won't receive it. You won't find repentance. And you may have to seek your salvation with real fear and trembling. So I'm encouraging them on a daily basis. Um, well, I, I, would, I would if they asked for accountability. I, I encourage them on a weekly basis to seek the Lord and to follow him in terms of their sexual use of their body. But uh, this person is, um, you know, the lights are on, but no one's home. And... You know, to listen to their descriptions of their sin, it sounds like they're, you know, uh, if not demonically oppressed, possibly demonically possessed, because they claim to have a lack of consciousness, and then suddenly sin just happens. It's sinister, um, one way or the other, and uh, I pray for them today. Um, as for adultery, that's, you know, uh, you know, it's a bondage all itself. Um, you know, if you're in, in a relationship with someone. You really can bond, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a problem with sexual bonding. And uh, that those things need to be repented of and broken, too, on a spiritual realm, not just, you know, breaking up. So uh, it's a real struggle. It's a real problem. And uh, that's why we encourage sexual purity, because we were locked up in all those things and set free, you know, not miraculously, but uh, through discipleship, through following the Lord every day and surrendering to him and wanting to live according to his word uh, that we are set free. So that's uh, because of the love for the Lord and uh, following him that uh, we don't have those issues anymore. And that's not, that's not a joke. That's for real. And believe me, that part of the reason I blog is because I've discovered these things to be possible and the world says they aren't. Um, so um, we go with what the word of God says and encourage people to follow it. Anyway, uh, we move along to the last journal entry, uh, which says, Reflect in writing on how your faith and faith community 
are or could be resources for you in maintaining healthy relationships. You know, with my skepticism, I, I do believe that the faith community can be a real support to the body of Christ to establish and maintain healthy relationships by preaching uh, about sexual sin and by encouraging marriage and supporting healthy Christ-centered marriages that are free of abuse. Dating and couples living in sin should be exposed as the sexual morality that they are. But it is difficult for a community of faith to make that stand because our sexual... Our society allows for sexual morality as normal, and some churches remain silent on sexual ethics. I believe that it's wholly possible uh, for a church, a uh, faith community, to help us to have healthy relationships. We should, as Christians, that's the model, you know, man and wife and marriage. Um, you know, you don't necessarily have to be married, but... <laughs> I hate to say it, guys, the, the only other option, uh, you know, the Bible gives us for sexual expression is abstinence, the end, you know, complete purity, um, no sexual use of your bodies uh, are, you know, are not sinful. So there you have it. You either get married or you stay celibate. That was the choice I was faced with in 2018. And Believe me, I didn't have any prospects for a wife on the horizon, so I thought I was walking into a life of celibacy. And at first, it was quite a, you know, <laughs> quite a daunting thing to consider. Um, but as I had victory over it, I was like, you know what, I can actually live this way. And uh, now that I'm not in bondage to this, my sexual desires, you know, I was walking, I was walking free. Believe me, I wanted love and affection of a wife. Um, but I wasn't going to compromise. I needed a wife that was a Christian and um, that would support me in my walk of faith. And the Lord blessed me um, through Tammy Lynn to, to give, give me what I needed in my life that, in that regard. So, um, you know, so that's a tall order, but the Lord can deliver, you know, purity, a life of peace when it comes to sexual, sexual problems. Um, of course, that means you have to limit what you look at, you know, I don't watch, you know, risky uh, things on TV, and you know, I don't dwell, you know, in my mind. I don't dwell on looking at other women or, you know, or dwelling on sexual thoughts. You know, you have to, you know, go to spiritual warfare with that, and you know, take every thought captive and push those thoughts away. Um, but with practice and with the Holy Spirit to help you, uh, victory is possible. Freedom is possible. So. We encourage you to walk it out and find it for yourselves. Anyway, uh, we move along with our devotionals. They, uh, the prayers for a life of faith uh, ask us to pray that someone who in a troubled marriage or relationship will find the strength to do the right thing. Pray that you will be able to help them. So let's pray. Lord, I pray for those in troubled marriages or relationships to turn to you and your ways for healthy relationships and that you would empower them to change and find the strength to do the right thing according to your word. Uh, I pray that you would use me to help and encourage them to follow you with their relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. And today's prayer for today, simply pray. we pray, Dear Lord Jesus, keep me pure and chaste today. Make my thoughts, language, and action be honorable and always wholesome and upright. Amen. Amen. And we move along to today's Bible verse, which comes to us from the Quick Scripture Reference for Counseling by John G. Cruis. 
This morning's meditation verses come from the section on conscience. And today's passage of scripture is Proverbs 3, 21 through 26 from the New Living Translation. The word of God says, My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them, for they will refresh your soul. They are like jewels on a necklace. They keep you safe on your way, and your feet will not stumble. You can go to bed without fear. You will lie down and sleep soundly. You need to be you need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked, for the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. Today's verses fall under the fifth point of our counseling reference guide's resource section on conscience, and that fifth point is you can have a clear conscience and rest in the heart. Today's verses encourage us to follow the common sense of the Lord's ways. Following God isn't an exercise of blind faith. God doesn't ask us to do things that we can't test for their wisdom. The consequence of living according to God's standards of morality is a life infused with the fruit of the Spirit, where we experience goodness, kindness, faithfulness, patience, gentleness, self-control, love, joy, and peace firsthand. So follow the common sense of Christian living and know the, re know the rest that the Lord will give you in your heart. As always, we invite all to go to mtforchrist.org where we always share insights from prominent Christian theologians and counselors to assist our brothers and sisters in Christ with their walk. Today we continue sharing from According to Your Word, Morning and Evening Through the New Testament by Stephen F. Alford. And in this devotional, Stephen Alford uh, encourages us to read a chapter of Scripture daily. Today's chapter would be Mark 16. And from Mark 16, they share um, a passage from Mark 16:20, which says, The Lord working with them. And Stephen Alford writes, This is the promise to all true disciples. And what an honor. The Lord working with me. How absolutely incredible. Yet it is true. Blessed be his holy name. Yes, he has promised to be with me right to the end of the age. He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, Hebrews 13.5. My presence will go with you, Exodus 33.14. So, and then he continues writing, One of the obvious proofs of his presence and working power is the confirmation of his word, with signs following. How clearly these signs shone in the days of the early apostles. Thousands were being added to the church daily. And Stephen Alford ends, his, ends his, uh, his, his passage here with uh, Exodus 33:15, where he says, Lord, give me a true evidence that you are working with or through me, or else do not bring me up from here. And uh, so, yeah. He wanted the true evidence of God working in our lives. And how do we find that evidence? Well, we live according to God's word, and we look and see what happens. You know, we may run into trials or tribulations uh, on our walk of faith, um, but when we walk with the Lord, the abiding peace and joy um, and love of the Lord comes, comes flowing through. You know, he helps us to live a pure life. He helps us to be grateful for and content with the things we have. Um, you know, throughout Scripture, um, the Word tells us to practice gratitude, to give thanks, and to rejoice always. That's only possible when we walk with the Lord. 
and live according to his word and his wisdom. So that's what we do on the blog, and that's what we're trying to encourage by pointing to, to these Christian resources um, where we live uh, a pure life, where we you know, uh, live by the common sense with the Lord. And we know that we're living with God when the Lord is working with us. Now, this is a life of Christian discipleship. This is uh, the life that we're supposed to live, not some, you know, nominal faith where you go to church once a week and try to get blessed and then just live according to your own ways. Um, uh, our, our faith is supposed to be a relationship um, where we live with the Lord every day. And when you do that, you discover that the, God's not some distant being somewhere who started the universe and walked away, um, but that he's living uh, through his word and through the Holy Spirit in us. Um, but we have to know him and seek him uh, and follow him to, to experience that. And I'm not special. And I have, you know, I, I tend to, you know, <laughs> step off the path every once in a while, like on this last vacation, and uh, realize, you know, living, living without the Lord and... Um, not not taking care not taking care of our bodies and not being good stewards to what he's given us uh, has consequences and they may be subtle at first but um, when we come back to the Lord when we start to follow him earnestly again we go oh boy you know that's the best life the best life is in his presence and doing things according to his word and uh, not taking it easy and uh, giving ourselves a rest um, although we need to rest on occasion. So it's, you know, there's balance, but always, <laughs> always come back. Um, there's no joy outside of the Lord's presence. Um, so stay in it. Um, and today we're going back to work. And you would think that's the end of my joy, but that's not the end of my joy. I'm, 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 I'm resting with the Lord. We're, we're going to go in and we're going to go to work together. Um, so <laughs> I need him to show me the way. Uh, so let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you for another day in your kingdom. Lord, thank you so much for blessing me um, by, by showing me your way and setting me free in so many areas of my life and helping me to, you know, to grow more all the time um, by the things you reveal to me, uh, by the things you put in front of me and the things I see and experience um, that just encourage me to follow you all the more. So. Lord, we just pray for anyone who's listening to this or reading today's message that you'd bless them and come alongside them in their walk of faith and bless their prayer request because we all need your help, Lord. Um, we all need your guidance and your strength. And we need to know you're with us. So, Lord, we just pray for you to go before us today. Open our eyes to the things you want us to see and, and lead us in the way we should go because all we want to do is represent you and your kingdom here on earth and to do what you would have us do. Um, so, Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we love you, and we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.